For the first time in four years, it's February the 29th. 30 days have September. Oh, yeah, no, not a clue. 30 days have September, April, June and November. All the rest have 31. Except for February, which is a different one. It has 28 days clear and 29 in each leap year. I count with my knuckles. So, like, the, the bumps are the 31 days and then the ridges, um, the valleys in between are the 30 days. And then February is just the special one. If that poem wasn't doing it for you... Here's some maths to help you remember how the calendar works. I, I write it to my students, 365 days in year, plus one day in four years, minus three days in 400 years. And this is almost exact length of the year. Kia ora, I'm Gwen McClure, and today on The Detail. The reason behind leap years and leap days are a primary school lesson that many of us have probably forgotten. At its most basic... The reason for them is pretty straightforward. Without them... All seasons go to, to hell. All seasons go to hell. That's Sergei Gulyev, an astronomer and professor at the Auckland University of Technology. Sergei is one of the people who voted on whether Pluto is a planet. We'll come back to him. But first, here's Dr. Emily O'Hara. I'm an academic at AUT, so I teach into the School of Art and Design and uh, into the major of Spatial and Interior Design. Okay, and so what does that have to do with time and leap years? What does that have to do with time and leap years? Yeah, I mean, it might seem a little odd that I would be the person here having a conversation about this. Um, And for me, you know, a core part of what we teach in our program is that as designers, any kind of designer... Uh, time is a material that we are working with. When you think about specifying particular materials for a built environment or for a temporary environment, thinking about how long are they going to last? How long will that be in existence for? Who do I need to think about in the future in order to make sure that I'm making a decision that's sustainable and ethical and correct for the particular context? So for me, in my design life, time is understood as a material and one of the most important ones that we need to be thinking with when we're making design decisions. And tell me about your personal connection to to leap years. Yeah, so I was born on the 27th of February uh, in 1984, which was a leap year. And so as a child, I always had this incredible fascination with the idea that I I could have been born on a leap day um, and that I was I was kind of captivated by this notion that I would be living in dual time and that I might be like, you know, 12 years old at the same time that I was three years old in my leap years. And so it's always kind of stuck with me, this fascination with the way that time overlaps and these different kind of durational experiences that we have, that it's not this kind of chronological thing. We understand that perceptual time is different to clock time. You know, we're really used to thinking about time as something which is quantified, measurable, time as productivity, time that I go to work and go home and have my sports games or or whatever. But actually, the kind of philosophical thinking about time, I think, is a really sort of human experience and human condition that we become separated from the more built up our environment gets and the the more separated we feel from the celestial bodies in the universe, like the sun and the moon, that actually kind of dictate the way that we understand time at the moment. So the calendar we use is the Gregorian calendar. It has 12 months. 
Each month has either 30 or 31 days, except for Feb, Mm -hmm. which has 28 or 29, depending on the year. This is not straightforward. (laughs) Why does this exist? Why is it this complicated? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's really not straightforward at all. And it exists because our planets, the planets don't move around in this perfectly orderly fashion. So there's a discrepancy between the, the tropical year, the year of the sun, and our lunar patterns. So... Before the Gregorian calendar, which is what is the most kind of commonly widely used calendar around the world, before that was the Julian calendar. So that was introduced around 45 BC, I think, by Julius Caesar. That was actually building on calendars uh, from earlier, much earlier, so right back to Egyptians. They also had leap, leap periods, not necessarily a leap year or a leap month, but a little window of time where they would just put things back into sync. So what they noticed with the Julian calendar, which preceded the Gregorian, is that over time, the calendar months were shifting out of alignment with seasonal patterns on Earth. So when we thought it was supposed to be summer, it wasn't. So the shift was really incremental, but over the centuries between Julius Caesar and Pope Gregory, it became more and more marked. Here's Sergei to give us an astronomy and history lesson. Astronomy actually is about timekeeping, historically, since uh, forever. In the 5th millennium BC, Egyptians found that the length of the year is 365 days. And later, 2nd century BC, Hipparchus, great astronomer of all times, Um, he found that actually the length of the year is 365 and a quarter. (laughs) And this quarter every year, uh, what to do about it? Every four years, it is one extra day. Here we are, leap year. Easier to do a day than six hours every year. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't imagine how can we make it six hours. We just wait four years and then we're in sync again. So people thought, where should we add this extra day? Maybe it should be 32nd of December or maybe 31st of June. Uh, But, well, February was a very good place to put this extra day in in one uh, every four years. (laughs) So there's no reason it was February. Someone just liked. No, it's about agreement between people. We just agreed. But it's not quite that simple. Uh, a bit later, I think it was uh, uh, in uh, medieval times, um, people understood that it is, say, 11 minutes, 15 seconds less than six hours every year. And this 11 minutes uh, make it three days in four centuries. And they decided, okay, let's look at uh, uh, centuries, uh, like 100 year, uh, 16, 100, 1700, 1800. If it, this number of 100 years is divisible by four, uh, we make it leap year. If not divisible, 1700 was not leap year. 18 not divisible and 19 not divisible. 2000 was a leap year. So our generation of people, they uh, don't care about Yeah, this. we don't really know. Uh, yeah, yeah. And they don't care about uh, year 21 
uh, no. hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many years would we need to skip leap years before we started to notice that our our seasons and our calendar was getting out of sync? Oh, oh! If we just um, don't make uh, leap year, then oh my God, that's a lot. That will be one day in 40 years will be 10 days in uh, one year it, it will be 100 days Ooh, that's, that's huge it gets pretty pretty out of oh uh, impossible sink. here's emily again so pope gregory the 13th decided to try and get it just a little bit better and figure out a new calculation to try and bring things into back into alignment so 28 days in february except every four years when it has 29 except every 400 years when we need to lose a day again. For him, that was really important because it's all about, um, well, really was about Easter and determining Easter correctly. So um, a moment of incredible significance in um, Catholic and Christian faith. So that's kind of the switch from one to the other. And there's some really interesting things that happened as part of that. Yeah, tell me, tell me about yeah. those things. So, um, 1582 is when the Gregorian calendar, as we know it now, came into effect. And in order to kind of mop up that inconsistency in between the astronomy and the seasons on Earth, they had to skip 10 days. So it went from October the 4th to October the 15th overnight. And it was only picked up and kind of immediately put into action by a few countries, a few states, largely those that were Catholic and were absolutely happy to <laughs> accept that we just are going to do this. Um, but it took around 300 years for the rest of the people who are now using the Gregorian as their main calendar to pick, pick it up, to pick the system up. And of course that means that as time went on over those 300 years, extra days had to be dropped in order for the newer inconsistency to be corrected. I was looking at a list of, of those changes and the kind of which countries changed and when wasn't linear. Some of them changed and then changed back and then changed again or a different, a different region in that country changed and then someone else caught up. And um, why were people going back and forth so much? Do you know the answer to that? I mean, I don't know really. I think it would be super interesting to have been a fly on the wall for some of those conversations. When I think about that, uh, you know, I find it, really fascinating the flipping back and forth to me it just really proves this point that time is this construct that we have made up for ourselves and I think that we need it right we deeply need it because otherwise the fact of our existence in this insane kind of uh, universe becomes overwhelming and so these measures of time are kind of measures of control in terms of the kind of maths and the science and the astronomy. Yeah, it's not perfect, which is why we have leap days and leap years, is that that's, that's about as accurate as we can get. But there's lots of other calendars that operate differently, you know. So a lunar calendar is based on signs. So when a moon hits a particular position in the sky, for example, that's what determines the marking of a new year. Okay, and what's a lunisolar? Lunisolar is like solar year, and then the lunar is kind of overlaid in order to understand <laughs> the relationship between those two things. So they're always kind of operating in relation to each other. I mean, for me, it's like I, I read this great book a while ago. It was um, called The Moon, Myth and Fantasy. And it talked about trying to imagine 
time without the moon. So going back like 43,000 years ago, uh, they've unearthed a, it's called the Lobombo bone. I'm probably mispronouncing that. So 43,000 years old, and it's got 29 notches marked into it. So it's like, they think it's like a fibula from a baboon, and it's got 29 marks notched into it. 43,000 years ago, somebody, this is what some people theorise, somebody is looking in the sky and noticing that there is a cycle that the moon does. So if you think just about the sun, right, it's either present or not present. It's there or it's not there. Even if it's overcast, the light is so powerful that it burns through and we know it's either daytime or it's not. But it's the moon that gives us a register beyond the day and the night because it's visibly different. Okay, so so who is using the Gregorian calendar now and who is not? Is it kind of internationally accepted that this is the only calendar or? No, no, definitely not. Um, it is really widely used. So I think it's understood as a kind of civic calendar in 191 of 195 countries. Uh, but a lot of those areas also have other um, traditional or indigenous calendars that are operating side by side or in conjunction with that. So, you know, we understand that in New Zealand now over the last few years with uh, incredible research and um, resurgence of the Maramataka and Matariki. And, yeah, you know, China, we understand even in Aotearoa about the Chinese Lunar New Year and things like that. So lots and lots of places have multiple calendars kind of overlapping with the Gregorian, but pretty widely used. And it's interesting um, how widespread it has become. And it probably makes sense, right, that in, you know, 1600 or 1700, people hadn't adopted it all over the world because there wasn't as much need to coordinate time yeah, around the world. exactly. I think you're right, the kind of increase of technology and commercialization and travel needing to come up with some kind of way of synchronizing shifting from Aotearoa to Australia to Greenland to Japan that you know humans are obsessed with kind of standardization and making things efficient and well some humans are on the other end of the <laughs> I'm on the other end of the bench um, but yeah I think it's it's I guess it gives us a way to do things together you were saying to me before when we spoke that Ethiopia still doesn't use this calendar. So what about what if yeah. you want to book a flight to Ethiopia? Yeah, they're seven years behind. And part of the reason why, so they, they, they're one of the four countries that haven't adopted the Gregorian calendar. So they stayed on the earlier version, which had 13 months. So they have 12 months of 30 days. And then the 13th month has five or six days, depending on whether it's a leap year or not. So that's the reason why for them it's 2016. So if you think about when we had, you know, Y2K, the year 2000, and everyone was panicking about what was going to happen to technology, Ethiopia was like, well, we're not even there yet. And isn't that just a fascinating thing to ponder, the idea that year 2000 worldwide people are panicking about something that Ethiopia is like nah we're, we're, seven, so seven, we're seven, seven years away from that what do you know what other countries aren't using yeah I do so Nepal Ethiopia Iran and Afghanistan there's okay. some other there's uh, some other really interesting kind of um, facts around 
countries that have multiple calendars. So they are using a Gregorian calendar and then also... Um, so in North Korea, for example, 2024, the year that we're in now in the Gregorian calendar, and then more traditional calendar, it's the year 114. And the Chinese lunar calendar is determined by the epoch era of particular rulers. So 2024 in the Gregorian calendar can be understood as anywhere from 2,245 to 4,722. You have touched on this, but how do some of these other calendars deal with the concept of leap years? I mean, in the like before the Julian calendar, they had these things called intercalary months, which was basically when they noticed that there was an issue, they would just add an extra month wherever they needed to. And the month wasn't necessarily 30 days. It could have been five days or 10 days. Um, and so they were just constantly reckoning. But this is to do with what it is that's prioritised within a particular calendar system. So whether it's a lunar-solar, lunar or solar or tropical calendar. So depending on which system people are working with, there are more or less inconsistencies, which is where um, countries and, and people who use a lunar calendar are working with something which is a lot more regular. And again, to go back to the Lumbombo bone, it's... It's a, it's a sign, it's a physical thing that happens in the sky that's visible. So the moon is full and it changes shape, it waxes, it wanes, and then it disappears and then it comes back. And when it comes back, it kind of comes back in the same place. Even though over the seasons and over the, over the year it shifts location in the sky, but the pattern of the moon, the rhythm of the moon remains the same. So you're looking for the sign of the moon in a particular place in the sky. And that's how you know to plant yeah. your crop or to yeah. harvest. Yeah, and it's to do with survival, right? Like that's part of the reason why we've got calendars in the first place is because it's about survival. It's how do we, um, how do we maximize our chances for a crop being successful in order to feed our people? And it's really easy for us to become really separated from from that in this world that we're living in at the moment. I think that's why, as a spatial designer also, I'm so interested in this because time and space are absolutely linked, right? The way that we understand and think about time is is literally about space. What is the space and distance between Earth and the moon and Earth and the sun? How we form the idea of a year. So for me, a year is a concept. It's not a, it's not a fixed duration. So each planet as it gets further away from the sun, takes longer to orbit around that. So for Earth, it's whatever it is, like 365-ish days. Mercury, 88 days. So a Mercury year is 88 days long. Neptune, 60,190. Radically, radically different, right? And so for me, there's a kind of parallel there in thinking about time is space, time is distance. That's almost all for today. Before we go, let's let Sergei explain himself about Pluto. I'm a member of the International Astronomical Union, and uh, in uh, General Assembly, uh, we vote for some uh, important things. We voted about Pluto. Should it continue to be a planet or not? Okay. And what did you vote, can I ask? I don't want to get you in trouble. This is the biggest regret of my life. I voted against Pluto. Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, why I regret? Because <clears throat> after the New Horizons uh, fly near Pluto, they discovered five moons of Pluto. And some um, activities in Pluto. Uh, so Pluto proved to be so incredibly interesting. And that's why I regret Pluto had to be a planet. After all, yeah. After all. The detail is supported by NZ On Air and RNZ. Thanks to Sergei Gulyev and Emily O'Hara. And happy birthday to all the Leapers. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Veal and produced by Alexia Russell. I'm Gwen McClure. Matewa. Wa.